Well, good evening, everybody. And as you can see, it, it's just me and Robert. You know, it's the it's this is the the or the, the new term that people use is called OG, and I don't know what that means, but <laughs> but that's what like the cool kids these days are saying about the original group. So welcome to Uplift this week, and uh, it's just Robert and I. Phil is out doing something fun with friends. Um, if yes, Phil does have friends. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. But Phil, <laughs> and then Ian is busy with his family, which is great. So it's Robert and I, and you know, Robert and I, we were, uh, we're Robert and I are cousins. We grew up together. We hung out together all the time when we were younger. And you know, here we are. You know, like. Uh, 30 years later, uh, you know, Robert's in warm, sunny Southern uh, South Carolina. I'm still here in Ohio. <laughs> That's, you know, it, it's okay. <laughs> cold and dreary. That's what I, that's what I imagine Ohio right there. Cold. I mean, like that took such imagination, you know, like you, <laughs> you probably didn't have to look up the weather channel to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so here we are, and thanks to the technology that we have now, we've got Zoom and and all this internet stuff, and we can we can you know do our thing here. So we just got to figure out how to play the old video games on this, you know, like on Zoom or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So we're excited to be here tonight, and Robert is just full of good ideas and stuff that he's been sharing, and I've been trying to put the brakes on him until I can hit the record button. <laughs> So we are actually, so tonight we're going to talk about a really cool thing, um, and I'm going to read this because this was a devotion that came through to Robert um, just as part of a regular uh, email list that you're on, and it was from last weekend, but we he had shared it with me, and I'd read it, and it was something that was both kind of um, near and dear to both of us and in, in, in what we've been talking about between the two of us lately. So I'm going to read this. It's a, it might take a couple minutes or so. I don't know, but it's really good. So follow along as I read this, and then we're going to kind of talk about it. Um, it's titled, You Are a Victor in Him. Uh, and it starts uh, in 1 John uh, 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And that's the scripture verse. And then it goes on. The devil attacks God's people from many angles. But I think his primary way of tormenting us is fear. We fear not having enough money. Fear not being loved. Fear sickness. Fear growing old. Fear being in a car wreck. Fear losing our homes or our jobs or our businesses, and the list goes on and on. Fear torments, but the Bible says that perfect love casteth out fear. I believe this means that when we understand experientially that we were loved by the Father, we will not live in fear. In other words, when we have truly received in our hearts, minds, and emotions that we are perfectly cherished by the Father, and that we can trust Him to take care of us because He loves us, we will not be afraid. 
If we truly believe Father God is committed to us because he cherishes us so deeply and that he'll do what he promised he would do, which is to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, Philippians 4.19, then we're not going to be afraid of running out of money. We are not going to be afraid of being alone or of growing old because we will believe his word when he said, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Until your hair is white with age, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. And that's from Isaiah 46, verse 4. And then it goes on. Lift your heart and thoughts today to trust the faithfulness of God's love for you. Know this, beloved one, if you belong to Jesus, he is going to see you through to the end. Father God is always watching over you. He has numbered each hair on your head. Do not be afraid. Father is going to take care of you and meet all your needs, even unto the very end. You can trust his love. Yeshua promised and said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's from Hebrews 13, verse 5. And finally, it ends with a prayer or a declaration, I guess. Father God, help me to trust your love. When I am afraid or when I am facing hardships in life, help me to remember that I have overcome the world in you. And that was written by Rabbi Kurt Schneider. Um, but I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And I read that several times this week and, and kind of studied on it and read on it. So um, now that I've done all that, all that, I'll, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you for your thoughts. Yeah. So reading that, it's like we have to be reminded like every day, I think. I mean, I think this is a big deal. We are either, I believe that we are doing one of two things every day. I believe we are either wrapping our life around fear, like defining our life within it, or we're going to live our life by faith. See, God's requirement is faith. So what well, what kind of faith? Well, our, the whole point I think God wants to do when he talks about setting us free can you imagine a free life? In other words, like you, you have no fear left. There's no fear. What kind of freedom would you have if you had a life with no fear? I mean, that you would be, you'd be willing to try whatever God wants you to try, to do whatever God wants you to do, to love whoever God wants you to love. Right? I mean, you, there would be, there wouldn't be this this issue, mm -hmm. but everything that we have, we have a tendency to wrap our life around fear, mm -hmm. and and I, I started realizing this in my own life. I started realizing fear creates like this box, mm -hmm. and so we will only expand our life as far as our fear goes, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so the problem is. God is not wanting you to define your life by the fear. Because what happens is fear gets greater and greater and greater in your life. 
and and if you if you give it place it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and your life gets smaller and smaller and smaller because the walls start closing in right yep. fear by its nature closes your life in smaller and smaller mm-hmm. faith by its nature stretches you to become bigger and bigger mm-hmm. god has asked us to have be a people of faith mm-hmm. he's asked us to trust in him right so yes are all the realities of life there absolutely mm-hmm. i'm getting older right the, so the reality is time is a precious commodity mm-hmm. right we we do things in life that put our life in danger right so we go in a car every day we go to work, we go do these things, we put our lives in danger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we do things in our life that can create fear. We try to build relationships mm-hmm. or worse, not build relationships, right? And so, but it's all based on what we're willing to extend ourselves with a person, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so we can either define all those things in our life by fear or by faith. Mm-hmm. I believe God wants us to trust him. Mm-hmm. That means... He's going to start breaking those walls of fear down because those walls are too small. Mm-hmm. And his desire is that we would. So he does that with the disciples and like the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to go through Samaria today. <laughs> like, and, and if you know anything about scripture, right? You know, if you understand the relationship between the Jews and Samaritans, they hated each other. Right. They mm-hmm. warred against each other several times. Mm-hmm. They had several things that they would do where, they were very prejudiced towards each other. Mm-hmm. And yet that was not God's concern. God's concern was that they would look beyond that, mm-hmm. that they would have a life of faith. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we've got to realize as well. Like that's, that's God's desire is for us to have a life of, life of faith. Mm-hmm. So fear and faith really are opposites. One's going to entrap you mm-hmm. and the other is going to set you free. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say faith, it's not just believing whatever you want to believe because it's belief for belief's sake, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of have that going on in our world. God's He defines faith for us mm-hmm. that we're to believe in Christ. Jesus is the He's the author and perfecter of our faith. So mm-hmm. our faith is defined in a person, mm-hmm. right? It's relational, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing. Notice in that devotion. Uh, that it's all relational. I don't think we pay attention to how God wants to be referred to. It's not boss, employer. Mm-hmm. It's not master, servant. Mm-hmm. It's father, child, right? It's a mm-hmm. relational aspect. Yeah. Right? Because it's a it's a trust situation. It's mm-hmm. a trust and belief situation. It's not contractual. Even though there are contractual ideas in Scripture, like justification can be a legalistic contractual idea, mm-hmm. but, but even the justification is based on a person. Mm-hmm. And so like, so it's very relational. Why does God want us to know him as the father? Well, it's a very relational aspect. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's in it's, I think, so every day we have to like remind ourselves of these things, the difference between faith and fear. Mm-hmm. what fear does versus what faith does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, I think people are scared to follow the Lord because they know he will stretch them, mm-hmm. but they don't realize the benefits of God's stretching. Mm-hmm. 
right? That benefits of God stretching will be the destruction of fear and, and, and rest. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, I don't, I don't want to do all the talking, but there is a <laughs> that concept. That concept of rest was a good one too. I like, I, I told you I've been studying with about Caleb mm -hmm. and man, there's a concept I found out about rest mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's a place where you, if you're not doing it God's way, you actually will not experience his rest. That's interesting. Now, see, I was going to ask you to expand on that when you made that comment about, you know, faith, stretching your faith. And it's not it's it's more than just faith, but also the rest that comes with it. And those are my words that I'm putting in your mouth. But so I guess expand a little bit on that. Yeah. So so with regard to like rest or with regard to expanding the expansion. Which, mm -hmm. which one do you want me to expound on here? Well, the, the, how, how the rest relates to your faith. Like, so you're saying you're, we're expanding faith, but yeah. sort of like rest comes with it. Yes. Okay. So like, you know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, 6, which many people know, right, that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we mm -hmm. already know that faith is defined in the person of Christ. Mm -hmm. right? This is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I was recently studying this and I, and it just blew my mind. Like, I don't know, God has been one of the things, the benefits of studying scripture is you start making connections. Mm -hmm. You start connecting, you start realizing that a lot of Jewish literature and a lot of Jewish history is really about connections, connection mm -hmm. points. Like they have these things that happen to them and they always connect it back to something else in their life, right? Mm -hmm. Or something that has happened in their nation or in their people, right? Within their right. people. Right. And it's and it's very powerful. And you see that with Caleb. Mm -hmm. I never realized how much connection there is because Caleb's only mentioned a couple of times in scripture. Right. I, I even look for him in the hall of faith. Not really there. <laughs> but but he he's actually uh, in scripture, in numbers, God actually says something amazing about Caleb. And so if I could just read that real quick, because this is going to be the foundation of what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Faith, faith in the Lord is here. Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to try to back this up. Okay. So mm -hmm. want, this is what I'm saying. If you have faith in the Lord, which is going to eventually equal to like disobedience. But if you have faith in the Lord, then you're going to find rest. You will actually experience rest. What God talks about with rest. If you don't have faith in the Lord, then you're going to define your life based on fear. And you only go as far as your fear will let you. So, mm -hmm. you know, it depends. Different people have different levels of fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes, and it's just normal. We have a tendency to let fear define that. Mm -hmm. But you're only going to go as far as your fear will define. But if you allow fear to try to dictate your spiritual life, you will not find God's rest. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's what I'm expressing. And I'm going to read Numbers 14. Numbers 14, God says something very powerful. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have two scriptures that relate. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with numbers 14 
Now, Numbers, God is very upset. He's very upset with the Israelites because they were supposed to go conquer the land. They were supposed to enter into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And what happens is in that situation, they sent 12 spies. Mm -hmm. Okay, all 12 came back. And they gave, two of them gave a different report than 10 of them. Mm. Right? Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, gave a report of, man, the land is ripe. God was telling us the truth. It's an awesome place and we want it. Mm -hmm. We should go get it. Mm -hmm. God's going to give it to us. Let's go. Okay. Okay. The other 10 um gave a report of there's giants in the land we are we were like grasshoppers to them they are too mighty of a people and they're too big of a people they're just literally stronger than us we are too scared to go in there we should not go in Mm -hmm. so they were so notice the two different reports one report was based on what god told them Mm -hmm. and they were like yes let's do that Mm -hmm. the other report was based on what they saw that they felt like they could not overcome. So their fear crushed their faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the scripture alludes to this as these, you know, the 10 spies and these 10 spies that gave the report of fear actually caused the entire nation. He, they caused a faithless generation. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. caused the generation to refuse to go in and literally the scripture says their hearts melted away Mm. and so i'm finding these connections your heart melting away you shrinking back Mm -hmm. and fear are all related Mm -hmm. okay and so look i'm gonna i'm gonna read numbers 14 and i want to read what god says Okay, and so Numbers 14, and and I want to read where verse 24 is. I'm going to come down to verse 24. I'm going to actually read verse 20 through 24 because he gets two. God actually shows two different groups of people. Okay, and this is what he says. Adonai answered. So Moses has to intercede for the people because God just wants to kill them. Mm. I mean, so think that they're disobedient. Like they imagine this, right? They have seen God deliver them from the Egyptians, which was the most powerful nation at the time. Right. He delivered them from the Egyptians without a war. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Gave he them, had them. Yeah. He crossed. They crossed the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. They were given manna, given meat. Their clothes weren't wearing out. They were given water. And in all of those miracles, and this was happening every day, he was leading them pillar of pillar of cloud by right. day, pillar of fire by night. Now, mm. I don't know about you. I'd like to think that I would have more faith, right? Like I'd be like, I can see God. Right? Like He's right here. Right. I can see that pillar of fire. Yes. And I ate manna for breakfast. Uh, that's right. And, and so what happens is when it's time, God leads them to the promise and he says, okay, now go take it. I'm going to be with you. They refuse. Mm. Okay, so Adonai answers, and he wants to kill them for their disobedience. Moses intercedes. So in this, he's like Christ. Mm -hmm. He intercedes for the people and says, God, if you kill them, what will the other nations in the world say about you? Mm. You won't be able to reach them. 
Mm. Because they will say, look at what this God does to his people. Mm. And so God says, you know what, Moses? Thank you for interceding. I'm not going to kill them, but they're not going in the promised land either. Mm. So this is what he says. Adonai answered, I have forgiven them just as you have spoken. Mm -hmm. Moses plays a messianic role. Mm -hmm. If you remember, Mo one of Moses' last prophecies is there will be somebody like me that comes. Mm -hmm. Right? This interceder. And mm -hmm. Jesus is our mediator, right? Right. Between right. us and the Father. Mm -hmm. And he says, I, and so God says, I've forgiven them just as you've spoken. But as certainly as I live and as certainly as the glory of Adonai fills the entire earth, there's nothing higher than him so he can't he can't make a promise that's higher than who he is right so he's just basically telling them this is a promise for you right mm -hmm. he says none of the people who saw my glory and my miraculous signs i performed in egypt and in the wilderness yet tested me these 10 times and did not obey my voice mm -hmm. not one of them will see the land i promised to their forefathers mm -hmm. none of those who treated me with contempt will see it mm -hmm. If you stop there, you think, oh, man, what a bummer. Like, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. And then you hit verse 24. And here's the other side of the coin. So that's one. That's the group. And then here's the other side. However, my servant, Caleb, because a different spirit is with him and he is wholeheartedly behind me, I will bring him into the land where he went. His offspring will inherit it. Okay, notice the difference. Caleb is different than everyone else there mm -hmm. because God's testimony about him is that his heart is different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's go to Joshua. Now in Joshua, they're ready to take the land. And it's easy to remember because it's Numbers 14, then it's Joshua 14. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Numbers 14, then Joshua 14. And here it is. Caleb is ready to take the land. And I'm going to read. They're, re they're ready to take the land. And this is what it says. Uh, this is the scripture. He says, this is what Caleb says to Joshua. He says, so now behold, Adonai has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years. Since the time that Adonai spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. He said, I am still as strong today as I was in that in the day that Moses sent me as my strength was then. So is my strength now for war and for going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this hill country about which Adonai spoke on that day. <laughs> All right. The difference between numbers and Joshua that we so easily read through. Is 45 years. Mm -hmm. There is time that happens, age that happens, and a different situation. Mm -hmm. You have a different group of people, a different place. It's they're still wanting to go into the promised land, but it's a different time, and, and he has a different age. He's no longer 40, he's no longer in his 40s. Now right. he's 85. When mm -hmm. he went in as a spy, he was 40. Now he's 85. Right. I looked through all that and I went, you know, what's not changed is it, his faith. Yeah. His heart is the same. Right. Time didn't change it. 
His age didn't change it, and his situation didn't change it. Mm -hmm. His yep. heart remained the same, and he was just as ready to go do what God wanted him to do there as he was when he was 40. Mm -hmm. I, I really honestly think when we come down to it, talking about uh, fear and faith. Now, I want to show this. Now, why is that important? We're coming back to rest. Okay. So I'm going to say this and then, and we can just talk about this, but I think this is the point because a lot of people are asking to enter into God's rest. They're like, God, I need rest. I want your peace. I want your rest. And here's the thing. Caleb was wholeheartedly following God, but nobody else was. And look at what Psalm 95 says. I'm going to read the last two verses of Psalm 95, which Paul quotes in 1 Corinthians 10, by the way. And he says it's a warning to the church. Okay. So I'm just going to leave that there. If you, you guys want to go look up 1 Corinthians 10, Paul quotes it, warns the church not to be a people whose heart melts away, whose heart tests the Lord. Okay, Psalm 95. This is what God says. For 40 years, I loathed that generation. Mm. So I said, it is a people whose heart goes astray, who do not know my ways. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I swore in my anger, they shall never enter into my rest. Mm. Now, here's the crazy part about this. When you come to 1 Corinthians 10... Paul actually says to the Corinthian church, he says, so let us strive. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, uh, the Hebrew writer, mm. the Hebrew writer who's warning the Hebrews, right? It's written to the Hebrews. He's warning them to strive to enter God's rest and do not commit the same sin as mm. their ancestors and test the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know what that sin would be? Now it's not about entering the promised land. Now it's about having faith in Jesus, Yeshua. Mm. So if you want to have, if you want to enter into God's rest, mm -hmm. the first step is Jesus. You must have faith in Christ mm -hmm. and you must follow him wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And I realized that situation that happens with Caleb and the promised land is used as an example and a warning to the church by Paul. And it's used as an example and warning to, by the Hebrew, the guy who wrote Hebrews, whether you think it's Paul or not, you know, that could be maybe a discussion for another day that, but he wrote to the Jewish people warning them not to commit the same sin and test the Lord. Mm -hmm. That if you want God's rest, if you want to come in and have God's rest, you have to have faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. so that's that's my point if you fear it's going to put a box around you your heart will shrink away it will melt away your faith will disappear and you're in danger of never experiencing god's rest mm -hmm. if you have faith in jesus and you move forward and you follow him wholeheartedly that's how you're going to enter in to god's rest enter mm -hmm. into that promised land, enter into that blessing and favor. Mm -hmm. See, that's the access. And that's, that's the warning. And that's, so that's what I've been studying. So, so that's why I'm saying like fear 
binds us. Mm -hmm. Faith sets us free. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in being uplift, we've talked about this in, in various different, you know, episodes and things. And, and we put it in perspective of when we live in fear, we confine ourselves to a jail cell. We confine ourselves. We're shackled. And, you know, we at one point, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes ago or something, we were talking about it and we had an active conversation about it. You know, we have to take shake the shackles off. You know, we yeah. do because and, and there's so much that can be talked about this. But with with our goal here and who we are and what we are in 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 what we do with this podcast and uplift is we're regular guys now, you know, three of which happen to be pastors and I'm just here to look good. <laughs> but <laughs> but Don't yourself short. But <laughs> I, the one thing about fear is let's just be real and say, like a guy like me, I've lived in a lot of fear my whole life. And and you know, yesterday I had a very powerful uh I I can't say it was a discussion with God, but I was talking. <laughs> I was talking and God was listening. I don't know that it maybe let's call it a therapy session. You know, uh, like I wasn't on a couch. I was on the bike trail because we actually had sunshine and beautiful weather in Ohio yesterday. So nice. I was on the bike trail for for about an hour, I guess. I don't know however long it was, but I was talking to God about, you know, I'm asking him, okay, God, why do I live in such fear? Why do I live in such depression? And why do I live in so much anxiety? You know, it's like, okay, uh, just putting it out on the table, you know, yeah. like you, God, you've blessed me with a, a good job and a profession and an education. You've blessed me with a, a, a beautiful home. You've blessed me with a, a wonderful wife. You've blessed me with, uh, you know, I have a vehicle to drive. I've got food on the table. I've got good clothes. I've got da-da-da-da-da. Why then, why then have I spent most of my life focusing on being afraid of various all kinds of things and living in Complete mental unhealth, unhealth. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the whole list: yeah. depression, anxiety, fear, all these things. I, I mean, you know, uh, I'll tell a quick story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this this weekend. I'm filling in for Phil at church for to give the message this Sunday, but it will actually be when this re, when this plays. It will have actually been the past Sunday for when when the viewers see this. But, you know, when I was in high school, when I got to about my sophomore or junior year, I was so afraid to become an adult and uh, have to go and make it on my own that I shut down. I um, And this was after you left and moved away to college. I shut down. Like, I... Um, I, my throat would swell shut every morning before school. My throat would literally swell shut. And I half the days I couldn't even get to school. Uh, it was a real struggle. And why? Because I was afraid of becoming an adult. And, and, and you know, spiritual or not spiritual or not, um, 
you know, my walk with the Lord was, I, I, although I was saved, my walk with the Lord was practically non-existent. Um, but, you know, this is, this, these things affect us and they affect different people in different ways and at different levels. And, you know, the uplifting thing about this, I'm going to reread one snippet from, from this uh, devotion. And it says, if we truly believe Father God is committed to us because he cherishes us so deeply and that he'll do what he promised he would do, which is to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, then we're not going to be afraid of running out of money and all the other things that was listed. And it's all based on his love for us. And, you know, back to your point of your teaching, and if you want to talk about those 10 spies, you know, that was between them and the and God about what their relationship with him was. But we have to be careful. We we have to, and this is much easier said than done. Let's just put this out on the table. We have to work. We, we have to get ourselves to the point where we trust God enough to know that he loves us and he cares about us. And it may not look the way that we want it to look, you know, like, it, and, and it may come at the last minute. It might, you know, however he chooses to do things. But we really need to get to that point. And I hate to use the word work because there's kind of a negative situation by using the word work or they think that we can work for something because that's not really true. But what we do have to do is we have to, like we've been talking about recently, is we have to act in faith. And 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 act the the term uh, acting in faith is probably a lot better than using the word work. But we we have to build our faith and act in faith to understand that He loves and and He is committed and He cherishes us so deeply that He'll do what He promised us. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of this has to do with like a surrendering to that love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Notice in Psalm 95, he and, and this is you'll see this in several places. The Lord talks about people who don't do not know his ways. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is um we we struggle with understanding God's ways. And what's been interesting to me is I think you see a lot of people when they come to know Christ, they come to know Christ and then they still think they're trying to live their life mm -hmm. like they they come to know christ and then they're like okay i'm going to live this life with jesus mm. and in reality what jesus is now going to teach them is kingdom living mm. all of a sudden he's going to start transforming your ways to god's ways mm -hmm. and he's going to show you what it looks like to serve the lord see See, coming to Christ, that's what he's, when he talks about, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. You can't live both ways at the same time. You, you are either going to learn God's ways and do that or keep living your way. Mm -hmm. But see, Christ by its very nature is God's way. It mm -hmm. makes no sense in our mind, in our way, 
mm-hmm. that a man could die for us 2000 years ago and still impact our life now. Mm-hmm. Right. That does that, but that is a kingdom principle. Mm-hmm. He sowed something of himself into the world yep. that he is still alive and he is still moving and changing lives. And he's still, you know, so all of a sudden this thing, right. That we, we see this, this is kingdom living. Mm-hmm. And God says this about every aspect of our life, mm-hmm. how we think, what we believe, how we live our life, what job to have, what relationships are supposed to look like, all these things, every aspect of our life, financially, how we're supposed to think about things. And God is so counterintuitive to us mm-hmm. that he's he's in this process. See, that's what it is to be a disciple a disciple is a student, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Jesus had disciples. They were learning his ways so they could become that, right? Yeah. And I think we forget that. We, I think so oftentimes we think when we come to Jesus, we're still going to have the same life, but it's with Jesus. So he's going to help me get through this same job or he's going to help me get through the same thing. And in reality, we're going to find a lot of tension there. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's not doing that. He's he's teaching you God's ways. Mm-hmm. And as you as you live in that, sometimes it's going to be I have to give this up or I have to change how I approach this or I have to, you know, like all of a sudden you start living kingdom life. Mm-hmm. A whole different ballgame. You're living mm-hmm. God's way. Mm-hmm. And so you notice people who live their way can't enter God's rest. Mm hmm. See, God blesses obedience, not need. And mm-hmm. so what happens is he's looking for you to, to actually do it his way, for you to understand his way. That's what it is to come to Jesus, is to learn his way, to come his way. You've tried it your way, right? That's kind of the point. Right. We've tried it our way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the results of our way is we see clearly in the garden is guilt, fear, and blaming others. That's mm-hmm. our way. Right there. Mm-hmm. So that's what you see the results of with Adam and Eve. Guilt. They had guilt. They had fear. They blamed others. Mm-hmm. That was it. And and then it, it just trickles down from there, right? And so and so that's but that's not God's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And and uh it's an interesting thing, and it's a process. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's a process, which is which. Thankfully, it's a process. <laughs> it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't, it Look, wouldn't work was, the other way. And in the world for like seventeen years, right before mm. I came to know Jesus. Right. Well, it didn't mean I could. You can't just naturally like you can't leave the world unless you're either raptured or you die. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so you can't leave the world, and so what happens is you have you know however long you're in the world. That's how long you've trained yourself on the world's ways. ways. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so now when you start living kingdom ways, oh my goodness, then it takes, right? Now it's, now it's okay. Now God's going to train me about his ways and that's going to take time. Right. Like he may, he may, he may deal with you something for a couple of years on one subject, right? Like, Hey, you need to learn this. <laughs> like, right. This is my- Right. And so it, you know, it and, and yeah, it's so thankful it's a process it, because, you know, it, it, it's one thing that I've been guilty of is, you know, like I went through, 
a book and it was written by a, a man named Neil Anderson. And, and it was about like, I think it was called bondage breaker or breaking bondages or something. And I read through that book and, you know, like it, it walks you step by step through breaking old things. And so I, I had a note, big legal pad and I have, I have the pages right here. There's several pages full of things in each category. He walks you through, he walks you through things category by category by category. And I, and I'm, I'm, as I'm reading through, I'm like, yeah. And I'm writing all this down, all these things. I'm like, shut the book. Uh, Okay, I'm good. No, 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 no. That's not the way this works. I mean, it's great. It was a great process to go through, and it was great to understand. But you can't just write it down on a piece of paper, pray about it, and be like, done. No, he's going to walk you through these things. And and it's going to take a period of time. Praise God, it's going to take a period of time. Because it. If if could you imagine the chaos that would come if if you you know uh took that whole list of stuff over all the years of your life that you had that you were bonded to and, and you know all those things and you were just like okay bam uh I'm done with all this now cold tur- cold turkey uh you know uh I mean you would fall on your face so fast and thankfully, you know, God showed me that, and He kind of told me that. And yeah, uh, yesterday in my in my therapy session, uh, God kind of said, you know, just because you you did all those things and and you wrote them down and you said you were done with it, you 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 really weren't done with it. <laughs> you know, like you you might think you were, but you weren't. Yeah, I, I just had a conversation. Like you know, we've been talking about mental health. You know, mm-hmm. and. It, Keep you tired, hurt, and competing, right? Right. Just had a conversation with the leadership at our church, and I was like, "Look, you know, you can tell me all day long. You know, you can like I kind of get tired of the yes people. Like mm. they, you know, you you give the sermon, they shake their head. You know, they're they're shaking their head in agreement, but they're not living it out, right? Mm. And that's that's a big difference." I understand that we can understand information. Mm-hmm. We understand it. We can say, oh, I fully understand. It's kind of like when your parents would look at you and say, um, do you hear what I'm saying? And you'd say, yes, mm-hmm. I hear you. Right. But what were they really asking? Mm-hmm. They were saying, now, do you hear me? But in other words, show it in your obedience. If you really hear me, right? That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Jesus would do the same thing. He would say, hear, do you hear hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying mm-hmm. that word akuo. See only in America would we say I can hear something and not obey it. Mm. Right. That's in the Greek language there, that word akuo, it was an assumption of obedience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jesus was like hear and obey. He had an assumption that his disciples were already going to obey. Mm-hmm. All right, so this idea like we can hear something the Lord says and then not obey it. That's really what, by the way, the definition of testing the Lord when he said, if you test me these 10 times, right? <laughs> That's that disobedience, right? right. Um, yeah, so there's this, this idea that we can hear something and not actually obey is mm-hmm. a very strange foreign concept. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't make sense. No, it's, it's the, so it's the difference between 
hearing information, understanding information, and then applying it, like actually living it out. Right. The assumption that God has is that our based on our relationship with him, we would live out what the kingdom principles that we live them out. Right. Not just understand them, not just know them and understand them, but then apply them. And, and it's that application that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and, you know, one thing about it, too, is, is one, one thing I always say is, where is your heart? You know, because a lot of people have a heart to do this. And the apostles had a heart to do it, and they still messed up. And how mad was God at the apostles when they messed up? Or how mad is God at us when we mess up? Well, it's a question of where 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 is your heart if your intent is to do the right thing you know it may not come quickly you know then this obedience we're talking about you know it it may not come quickly you might stumble you might fall the big thing is and and the message of uplift is hey dust yourself off get back up get back on the horse let's you know uh, the, God doesn't really get mad at you if your heart's in the right place. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that's that's so true. The it's the intent of the heart that he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at some point, there's got to be more than just intention, right? But but he's I see one of the things that's that's the difference. Like one of the things is their heart would go astray. Mm-hmm. It would purposely go away from him. Purposely, right. they had no desire to follow him. They had no desire to go into the land. They had no, like, they just had no desire for God's rest. Right. And that's that's the the rub, right? Like, that's the problem. Is it's it's when we have no intention to be like, oh, I I just have no intention to serve the Lord. Right. And uh, so I think, I think as long as I kind of put it this way, as long as somebody wants the Lord, they have a desire for him Mm -hmm. at some point, he's going to, he's going to get your desire to Mm -hmm. match up Mm -hmm. with the things you do. He's going to get your desire to match up with your faith. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I haven't always been as bold as I am now for Christ, right? I haven't always been you know, this guy that you see here is not the same guy when I was first saved. Right. Right. Like, and I, and there is a process, there is mm-hmm. a process and there's a growth. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. There's connect, grow and serve. Mm-hmm. God's desires. You would connect. Then he would desire you to grow so that you can serve mm-hmm. on the spectrum somewhere in there. We can either do those really well or we could corrupt this, mm-hmm. right? Some people want to serve, but not grow, mm-hmm. right? Some people want to connect, but not serve, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some people just want to grow all the time with no connections, right. No service, right? right? And so like you can, you can have these out of balance, but God's desire is really seen in those three things. Like the health of the church, the health of a believer mm-hmm. is seen in those things. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you want to connect with other believers? Do you want to connect with God? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want, do you have this desire to grow and become the kingdom living person you're supposed to come? And then 
then if that's true, then your service will show it, right? You're going to want to serve that others will be like you, that others will become something more than what they were as well. Right. And, and back earlier to you, you'd made the comment earlier that we've talked about many, many, many times is sowing and reaping. And yes. so the way God works throughout scripture is sow and then reap. And so we have to, do, we, in, in acting out in faith, we have to sow. And then God, you know, so that's your, let's call it connection. It's kind of the same thing. It's a little different, but it's kind of the same in this context. We're going to sow into our relationship with God, which is connect. We're going to grow just like that seed that you've sown is growing. And then the serve is the reaping. So, you know, and, and so it's kind of this, that's just the way God works with things. So a lot of times we, we want to pull through that, that uh, McDonald's drive through and, get the value meal and be out of there in two minutes. Like I did, like I did with that bondage breaking book and me breaking bondages. I wanted to go through that McDonald's drive through this past fall and winter. Well, no, you got to sow, grow and reap or to your point, connect, grow, serve. So that's awesome. And I hate to cut us short here, but we've been going about 45 minutes. So, you know, we're 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 gonna already be on Phil's bad side when he comes back from his vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the second week in a row we've won like 45 minutes, but that's okay. It it'll be fine. He'll, that's right. It, it'll just give him uh, he'll have to take an extended lunch hour from work <laughs> to listen to what we said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. And um, so we'll we'll kind of draw it to a close tonight. So any quick last words before we uh, uh, leave the broadcast? No, I would just say watch out for fear. Fear just closes you in. Faith expands your world. Mm -hmm. right? So trust in the Lord. Be wholeheartedly for Jesus. Yep. Yep. And I agree. And do that and and uh, embrace the process. That's an Ianism, by the way, since Ian's not here to say That's it. Right. Embrace the process. That's, right. That's an Ianism. Process. Yeah. So, well, man, uh, it, Robert, it's been awesome again. And, uh, you know, we'll be doing this more. Uh, Robert's a permanent fixture here on the uplift with us. Thank, thankfully. And uh, praise God. And, uh, Glad to have him and uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll probably be, Phil will probably be back next week, I guess. I don't know, but Phil will probably be back next week. So have a great week and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right.